Ken and Katie and Austin. I know there's a lot of other testimonies, so definitely take Fabio up on asking them what God has done for them. Well, for the last 25 years before I came here on staff, uh, I was an English teacher. I taught English to international students. And one of my favorite classes to teach, surprisingly, was grammar. And one of the reasons I like grammar is because, I know you're rolling your eyes, really, grammar? Um, but you know, one of the things I liked about it is there are rules to grammar. If somebody asks me a question, I know how to answer it. I can tell them you know, what verb tends to use, how to conjugate a verb, whether to use a comma or a semicolon. If you don't know how to use a semicolon, don't try, okay? It's only for the experts. Um, call me first, I'll let you know. But anyway, I like, I like really to know how to answer a question definitively. And it's been very humbling since I've been teaching Bible study for the last little over a year, because when it comes to God's Word, when it comes to these really profound truths, much more important than semicolons, I really want to know how to answer the question. And this last... Uh, few weeks, we've been dealing with Daniel and all of his prophecies. And of course, you get into Antichrist and the end times, and what about the church, and where's the church going to be? And of course, you have the questions about the rapture, like is it a pre-trib, a mid-trib, a post-trib? I kind of like Ginger's pan-trib, it'll all pan out, whatever it is, (laughs) Um, because that's really the truth. But it's humbling, and I think, how do I answer? How do I give a person the actual right answer about some of these deep theological truths? And so recently, um, I was accepted to go to seminary, and how many of you all have been to seminary? Anybody here been to seminary? Pastor, have you been to seminary back there? Okay. Yeah. So, and I was doubly blessed to be given a full scholarship, which is beyond, it's impossible without God. I mean, three years ago, if I had seen what he would do in my life, it's impossible. I just laugh. I just like, God, you're so surprising and wonderful and great. But um, so I was excited. Like, if I go to seminary, I'm going to be able to answer all of these questions. That was my thought. Well, I enrolled, I enrolled on Friday, and they sent me the syllabi to the three classes I'll be taking. And so, you know, it's been a long time since I've been in a formal, in a, you know, it was 1995 that I went and started my master's degree, okay? Now, how many of you were not alive in 1995? <laughs> yeah, these people over here. These whippersnappers. Anyway, um, and, you know, the internet was invented that year, right? There were only three things on it. I think there was the weather. There was like a grumpy-looking cat that took an hour to download. Um, things have changed since that time, Right? And uh, so I thought, well, I want to get a little bit of a head start. I want to look at the syllabi, look at the books, maybe order them early and start reading so that I can, you know, so my older brain can get like the the pump primed a little bit. So I'm looking at the courses, and one of them is basic Christian doctrine. And I thought to myself, okay, basic, that sounds pretty basic, that shouldn't be a problem. So I start looking at the different things it's going to talk about, and One of the questions it asks is that I'm supposed to get 15% of my grade on is to answer the question, does God know the future? And I think, well, I got this. Okay. Yes, God knows the future because he's God. Duh. You know, it's like, of course. But then I saw it's like a 10-page paper. That one line is not going to answer that question. So 
I thought, well, what are the, you know, what are the other options that I'm going to have to compare and contrast? So I start at 11 o'clock at night delving into this question. Now, do you guys know those, those um, eggs? They're not eggs. They're the, the shell dolls in Russia yeah. where, like, you, you take one off, there's another one, and there's another one, and you, you think you're at the end, and there's another one. Well, that's kind of like delving into these theological questions. And so I, I look at this thing, and it talks about God's knowledge. And we have, like, the hyper-Calvinist view, which is that God not only knows everything, past, present, or future, but he also ordains how it will happen. So he actually makes it happen, and we're kind of like puppets, and we just do God's bidding. And then there's kind of the neo-Calvinist view, and then there's the Arminian view, which believes that God foreknows, but we have free choice. And then there's open theism, which means that uh, God doesn't actually know what the future holds. He knows the past and the present, but not the future. And then there's something called Molinism. Did, how many of you have studied Molinism? Anybody here? Well, that was a real mind-bender, because it's not only he knows past, present, and future, but he also knows what would happen even though it wouldn't even though it isn't going to happen so for example god knows that if i won the lottery i would buy x now i probably won't win the lottery but he already knows what i would do even though that isn't going to happen and so then when you deal into his foreknowledge then you have to do with predestination and so what does that mean? Do we, is it individual predestination? Is it corporate predestination? And then there's a question of, are you, are you once saved, always saved? Can you fall from grace? Can you hop in and out of grace? And I was just thinking, Lord Jesus, I know you want me to do this, but my head hurts, and I've just looked at the syllabus. That's all I've done is look at the syllabus. And I'm thinking, I'm just going to turn in all my papers. Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. And then I'm going to like cut and paste, I'll cut and paste my favorite scriptures and my doodles and turn it in and hope for the best. But as I was sitting there, the Lord's presence just came on me and he said, you know, I'm with you and you know me and you have a relationship with me and that's what I want you to focus on. And yes, these things will be good for you and I will use this experience for you, but don't get bogged down in all of this stuff that I frankly don't know. I don't know how to answer these questions, but I do know one thing, and that is Jesus loves us. I know this, and there's no better way to show that by his sacrifice for us, and there's no better way to experience that than in the table where he said, remember what I did for you as I, my body was broken for you and my blood was shed for you, and his presence comes into us, and we experience anew his sacrifice for us. And whether we have questions about whether you're a Molinist or a Calvinist or a hyper-Calvinist, I don't know what they, they are. I'm worried about those people. But anyway, whatever they are, whatever, we are his children. And we are secure in him. So we're going to say the Lord's Prayer and then come to the table and remember that he is with us and he loves us in spite of our earthly limitations and knowledge that we are his beloved children. So shall we, uh, shall we say the Lord's Prayer together? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
so that the communion service would come forward